0: Okay, it's April 2nd, 2023. I'm just listening to a uh, video of a talk given by Daniel Lieberman. I'll link to the video, YouTube video on the in the notes, uh, or actually at the end, it'll come up uh, as an end screen. <clears throat> so uh, this is something I've talked about before, and this is this recommendation to get 150 minutes of activity per week, which, um, I always assumed was kind of an arbitrary number, but in this talk, Daniel Lieberman talks about how that number came up with. And it's basically based on an epidemiological study of over a million Americans that compares people who get no exercise uh, to people who get various amounts of exercise, and it shows the 150 minutes as uh, basically cutting down mortality risk, uh, Show you the graph so you can see that's so going is present by fifty percent, and he goes on to say that uh, if you get more than one hundred and fifty minutes, that, that, that your improvements uh, in life expectancy uh, improve, and that uh, and that, uh, but after a while, it's diminishing returns. Some is better, none, I believe, is uh, as quote, and more is better. So. I've talked about this before. So, all right, there's a source for it. First of all, epidemiological studies. Uh, what else is going on in the lives of people who get more physical activity? Uh, do they eat differently? Do they sleep differently? Are they more likely to be non-smokers or non-drinkers, things like that? So there's many other things that can be at play here. So that's the weakness of all these epidemiological, again, concept separate studies. Uh, The other thing is, how is this activity measured? Well, I would think in these surveys it's more or less self-reported. One of the things that uh, he talks about at one point in the video is 150 minutes or 75 minutes if it's more intense. I'm going to come back to that. So, uh, I have a Fitbit watch. I keep Fitbit. I have mixed feelings on the benefits of wearables and things like that, but I'm a geek, so I have it. My main thing is to track my sleep because I do believe sleep is really important. But it does track my um, it calls it zone minutes. And I get a minute for and it's based on heart rate. So I get a minute when I'm above a certain heart rate, but if I'm above that heart rate at some point I get two minutes for every one minute of activity. So that's Going back to his quote that, you know, 150 minutes or 75 minutes of more vigorous activity. Now, of course, they are um, measuring it with heart rate. And uh, what I've found is that sometimes when I do a high intensity strength training workout, it barely records uh, this as zone minutes, depending, because what I have found is that high intensity, string training, your heart rate may or may not climb up appreciably, uh, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't, but uh, heart stroke volume, because of the venous return, is increased dramatically. So, by going back to if 75 minutes of intense activity is better than, 100, is as good as 150, then how does it come into play when you are doing high-intensity strength training where there's points at which as you approach momentary failure and various exercises that you are working out as intensely as you possibly can. Intensity not being a measurement of percentage of one rep maximum, but a percentage of maximal actual effort. In other words, if you're at the end of a set and you're putting everything you can to try to get an additional repetition and you actually fail at that. So, does it follow that the more intense there is, the intensity there is, then the less is the total number of minutes that comes into play? Um, the other thing is, um, here my train of thought just goes is, it, oh yes, 150 minutes. So, again, my Fitbit watch, just in doing what I do, which is going outside, uh, walking to the barn to tend to my ducks. Uh, walking from machine to machine to get weights ready for people and whatnot. I get steps and apparently I consistently get more than 150 minutes of these zone minutes every week without ever doing any uh, actual cardio or, in other words, I'm getting those by accident. I'm not getting them on purpose because in the course of a week I might do, depending on the week, between a total of five and probably a maximum of 12 sets, uh, one set to failure of strength training of various exercises, but my Fitbit wearable watch still shows that I'm getting well over 150 and that's just from taking out the garbage, walking to the mailbox. I live in the farm. So, uh, the mailbox is about hundred yards away, uh, going out to the ducks, doing housework, vacuuming, whatever. So, no, I'm getting these 150 minutes apparently with no structured exercise program whatsoever. And I believe that it is important, as I mentioned in previous videos, to move often. In other words, not to sit in a chair continuously. So, to move often, again, I've talked about how the Fitbit also tracks every hour in which I get at least 250 steps and i don't know about the number but i like the idea that every hour you get up and move around of your waking time and again consistently i seem to be doing that by accident i'm not consciously putting alarms in saying it's time to get up uh and move around i'm just doing my day-to-day things and that's already happening so based on the wearable is these things i'm doing all these things but i debate whether or not it's um it, it you know is the main purpose for any health improvements or longevity improvements that I may or may not achieve. Or how much of it has to do with strength training and really doing high intensity. Now Daniel Lieberman is an advocate, I believe, of running and endurance. He's done things where he points out that we're trained to be endurance athletes, so he does tend to uh, to uh, endorse running. Embarrassing so on that. I'm I'm skeptical to say the least and one of the things in this video He talks about various myths and and there are some good points in this video and some good studies and good information that He comes up with and and first of all uh, He is encouraging people to exercise and things like that So I always try to find the good rather than immediately jump on the bad. So there's a lot of very good things But one of the myths he says is that uh, running ruins your knees. And then he points out that, according to him, that runners uh, and regular people don't have any more arthritis in their knees than anybody else. So he exposes that as a myth. But then uh, I'm I'm kind of skeptical of that. And again, maybe this is my confirmation bias coming at play. Because you know, compared to people who don't run or do various activities, uh, but then he says he, he, he qualifies the statements, but you have to run with proper form, and the reason that people have knee problems with running is because they run improperly or they overdo it. But he does go on to say exactly how much overdoing is. So I'm not sure where that comes into play. And Of course, he talks about hunter-gatherer tribes and the way they run and, and things like that. So um, Again, uh, can you run safely? Uh, I know people like uh, Luke Carlson and Skylar Tanner who pick up running, even though they are advocates of high intensity strength training. And there's even a course, uh, on hit uni by Skylar Tanner, about how to run properly and things like that. So can you run safely? Yes. Should you run? Uh, well, if it's something you enjoy, Luke Carlson obviously enjoys running marathons. Uh, Not my thing. Uh, I used to run a while, a long time ago, and I wound up with a um, cramping in my calf, and it seems to have remained a weak link for me. So even once in a blue moon, when I've attempted to run in, you know, charity 5Ks or 10Ks to raise money, and I just wanted to check how I could do it, that cramp always comes back in around three or four kilometers. So where I would go is if you're doing it for recreation, if you're doing it for competition, if you enjoy doing it, if you're going to do it um, uh, because it's, it's something that you're passionate about, then, then I would just say proceed with caution. But if you're doing it as an exercise modality, then my thinking is uh, you should always choose an exercise modality where the chance of injury is less given the same benefits and there are more and more um, studies that show that strength training gives you all the benefits of so-called cardio without the downsides again done properly because you can also do strength training improperly and injure yourself so uh, just some food for thought on that video i also want to shout out to um Thomas Frain, who recommended the video, and uh, thank him for that. There was some uh, useful information in the video. It was interesting. And again, I will put it on the end screen. Bye for now.